and welcome back to Real Estate After College, the podcast about real estate from that one gamer dude. This is your host, Manny speaking. If you're new to the podcast, I would advise you to go back and listen to the first few episodes where I began with a quick intro on what this podcast is about. And the next episode was about finding a house. I'm doing these sequentially. However, if you're already in the midst of buying a home and you just came across my beautiful voice, please go ahead and listen to the episode that you think better fits your situation. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing making an offer on a home and different loan types because there's quite a few of them and I'm going to go over some of the ones I know of. Okay, cool. So you found yourself a house and it's amazing. This is your dream home, right? It's got that that five piece bathroom you've always wanted. And for those who don't know, a five piece bathroom is a master bath that has double vanities, a standing shower, a toilet and a tub. Uh, But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But the purpose of this episode, you found a house. So how do you make an offer? What are you going to offer? How much is it? Is it in your budget? And if they accept the offer, do you have a loan or are you going to get a loan? Are you in the process of getting a loan that'll cover that offer? What happens if they counter? What happens if someone else is coming at you with a with another offer and there's a bidding war? All of these things can happen. And I know it is uh, a great source of anxiety for many. Trust me, it was for me. And I'm going to recount you or retell my story of how we got our home and how we actually went into a bidding war. So it was late January 2021. Uh, in fact, about a year ago now since I'm recording this episode. Granted, when this episode comes out, it'll be a few months from now. But I'm recording this actually a year to the day that we placed an offer on a home. We came, we came across a beautiful home. My wife absolutely loved it. I loved it. He had everything we needed. And it was uh, around our budget. Maybe it was going to go over, especially in today's market. For those of you who are not aware, what's going on this year in 2022, in 2021, housing is just insane. Right. You have a lot of people coming from the in, the the big cities and moving on to the boonies, if you will. Please don't get offended. I also mean where I live. And that drives up the housing prices. And then you have corporations like Zillow and Redfin buying up houses as well that they can rent out as rental properties. And then you just have the everyman who owns already four different homes and they just want to rent more or buy more properties so they can rent. So buying a home is difficult. Um, And especially when you find your dream home and now it's time to put in an offer. So about a year ago, we put in an offer on a home. The list price was $519. Uh, so we're, we're talking a pretty spacious house. I don't want to give too much details, but we're talking 519. And our real estate agent basically said from all the houses we've looked at, multiple houses had gotten multiple hours with, I'm sorry, have gotten multiple offers within the very first day or two of being listed. It was absolutely insane. Some houses actually close their listings within a week of being posted. And uh, every time my real estate um, agent went to go see a house with us, she kept saying, I've never seen this before. In the 20 years I've been selling homes, I've never seen this before. This is insane. This is crazy. So anyways, we decided to go in at list price, right? Not entirely a bad idea if you want to do that yourself. However, I will tell you this right now. If you are in a competitive area where everyone wants to move to and the house is relatively well, as in it's not a fixer upper and it doesn't really need a lot of work, you're going to have a bad time. Making an offer at the list price almost guarantees that there's going to be someone else that's going to beat you. And that's exactly what happened. We made an offer at 519. That same night, our real estate agent came back to us and said, so someone else made another offer at 520 or 525. I'm sorry. So we counted at 530. They counted back at 535. 
and we countered again at 540. And my wife and I, we said to each other, we're not going above 540. If we go past 540, it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So we're not going to do it. And that night we were told that uh, that, you know, the seller accepted someone else's offer and we were heartbroken. However, don't lose hope. If this happens to you, don't lose hope, because the minute you make an offer on a home, you are now a serious buyer. The person selling this home knows that you are a serious buyer and that helps you. Because if an offer falls through for one reason or another, and I'll, I'll get into those reasons, it, they're going to they're going to contact you. They're going to contact the next best offer. So that's actually what happened to us. We were told, sorry, you didn't get it. Let's move on to the next house. And then that night, uh, that same night, we were told we weren't going to get it. Our real estate agent says, hey, something happened with the other with the other buyer. Uh, turns out they didn't have the funds to make a down payment or something or other. You guys got the house and rejoice now we have the house right however much like other people buying a home we actually didn't have a loan yet secured we were in the process of getting a loan approved maybe that's what you're where you're at maybe you're not even there yet so let's talk about uh first off i'm gonna do a little bit more tips on offers but I also am going to hit up the different types of loans you may be able to get and the type of loan I got and whether or not I regret that decision. Some tips for you if uh, you're about to make a purchase or you're, you're, you're about to make an offer. Obviously, never offer more than what you can afford. OK, whether you're by yourself or you're with a friend or you're with a significant other, do not make an offer that both of you aren't willing to commit to, because after that offer has been made, um, that the chances of that going down, like, let's say, sorry, we changed our mind. We're going back to 530 is very low and it can happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it, it but the chances are very low. So keep that in mind. OK, so go ahead and set a budget with your partner and say, hey, or just with yourself, really. Hey, if this goes past X amount, I'm not doing it. Remember, it's just a house, okay? There are gonna be other houses you're gonna like. There's gonna be an amazing two-story home with four bedrooms that's gonna be in some other area that you really like one day. It's, it's gonna happen, right? I've fallen in love with like 10 different homes, okay? And I we just got lucky with this one. <laughs> Secondly, if you make an offer at list price, be prepared for disappointment, at least in today's market. In today's market, making an offer at list price almost guarantees getting a counter. So just, just so you're aware or be into a bidding war. Third, if you haven't seen this home yet, be very careful, okay? I would advise if you're going to make an offer on a house, make sure you've seen it. Make sure other people you're with has seen it, right? I have a, a brother-in-law who's in construction and I should have brought him to the inspection because he probably would have seen some things that we didn't, but that couldn't happen. So I advise you to bring someone with you to tour the home, but their job isn't not to just, you know, like the house, but also find anything wrong with it, right? Creaky floorboards, or maybe ask questions about the water heater or the AC unit or the heater. You need, you need someone there just in case this house needs some work. And from the onset, you're going to have rose colored glasses when you walk in. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I love this home. Nothing's wrong with it. I'm going to place an offer. That's not the best idea. Uh, actually, my best idea is to get someone who's impartial, someone who isn't going to be affected by this decision and have them tour the home with me, because that can help you argue your your um, 
your offer. So let's say, obviously you can't do a home inspection before you buy the home. And, I, and I'll, I'll get into home inspections in another episode. But let's say you walk into the home and you notice a piece of the siding of the house is missing. Or maybe your friend noticed that a piece of the roof, some of the shingles are missing, right? So in your offer, instead of listing it at, let's say the offer was 100 or the list price was 100, instead of 100, you can just say 95. And by the way, when I say these numbers, 100, 95, th there's a K at the end. I'm just not saying the K. So whenever I say 100, it's 100,000. Um, but anyways, if something's missing in the home, something critical like shingles on a roof, then you come in at 95. And if they say why, then you say, hey, uh, we noticed this. Right. And then maybe there's some wiggle room for you to argue during escrow and maybe they can fix it for you, etc. And the last thing I think that you should have ready uh, when you make this offer in the home, if it gets accepted, the sellers are going to need a few things, right? One of the one of the first things they're going to need is a deposit of money. Now, that amount of money is um, is really just up to uh, you, your real estate agent and the seller. You have to come to some sort of agreement and you have to have that money on you. So, for example, when we got our offer accepted, Almost immediately, the seller told our real estate agent and she told us, uh, you need to make a deposit into the escrow account for $10,000. This is just an act of good faith. It's an act to just show, hey, I have the money. And then on top of that, sometimes a real estate agent will want verification that you actually have money in the bank, right? Now, you don't need, obviously, the whole amount. That's insane. Uh, you wouldn't be listening to me if you had the whole amount for a home. But they need some sort of... Um, just verification that you you can prove you you have money, okay? So just just so you're aware, make sure that you're willing to at least dump some sort of mini down payment in an act of good faith uh, when the offer is accepted. Now, granted, this money goes to the actual down payment. So if our down payment was $20,000, then now I, at the end of escrow or whenever, I would put in an additional 10K because I already put in 10K before. Okay, makes sense. Cool. Awesome. And actually, before I move on to different loan types, another thing I want to say is that if you're using a real estate agent, um, make sure you talk to them, right? They, your real estate agent gets money out of this too, okay? And like they get a good portion. I forget how much of a percentage, but they get some money, all right? They get some fat checks, okay? They want you to buy a home. However, I've had a few real estate agents or not a few. I had our real estate agent tell us that you shouldn't put more than this because I don't think it's worth it. When a real estate agent tells you that a home isn't worth something, that's your cue to listen because they want this money. All right. The real estate agent knows that you're being serious. You've seen multiple homes that hell, this might be the third or fifth offer you put in and they tell you this walk away. OK, that's just my own personal um, experience talking. That's just a tip. That's why you're listening to me. Right. So just so you're aware, you want to do that. OK, you want to walk away if the real estate agent says don't put more than this because it's just it's just not worth it. OK, luckily for us, the real estate agent was really happy with our choice to buy this home and uh, our offer was accepted. However, we didn't actually have a loan secured yet. So. Let's move on to the financing option. So just just to continue our little story or my little story at the time that we placed an offer on this home, we didn't have a loan secured yet. We were working with a bank to get us a loan. And at the time, uh, the bank was able to give us a sort of like declaration that, OK, yeah, we're going to pre-approve you for this much. This pre-approval letter really helps sell the, the fact that you're making an offer to the seller. It makes them get all warm and fuzzy, like, oh, cool, they're going to get approved anyway. 
anyway, right? So cool, let's sell them the house. And luckily, we were able to get our loan approved in the middle of escrow, right? So like we were literally two weeks out from escrow and our loan still wasn't 100% approved, or I, I'm sorry, we were two weeks out from move-in date and our loan wasn't approved. And we were like just absolutely stressed out about this whole situation. So just so you're aware, um, try to get a loan secured beforehand and try to have some wiggle room, okay? If your budget is 500K, make sure that the loan can at least go up to 550 or maybe higher. I don't know what your budget is. I don't know what your finances are like, but it's really hard, not really hard. It's time consuming to get a loan for 500K. You go to the house, it goes up to 540, it gets approved and now you have to go back to the bank and say, hey, I need 40K more. Right. So so just just so you're aware, I just want to put that out there. All right. So let's talk about the type of loan I actually got. Right. So the loan my wife and I got was a conventional loan. It was a 30 year fixed rate conventional loan. And I, I know that you probably don't know what that means. And so I'm just going to go ahead and explain several different types of loans. I'm going to explain some of the more common ones. And then uh, I will go into depth in a few of them that I think may apply to you. If that if they don't apply or if uh, what I'm saying makes no sense at all, I will be including links to the different types of loans um, that I'm actually using as my source in the description notes of this podcast episode. So if you want to go ahead and just look at those instead of listening to me, go for it. I'm not making money. I'm just doing this because I like to. Right. So moving on. All right. So I'm just going to start off with some of the more common types of loans. Right. And the first one being a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. So a 30 year fixed rate mortgage is very simple. Right. A bank loans you money for a home and they lock you in at an interest rate for that home, for that loan. That interest rate never changes, right? And for the life of the loan, you're gonna have the same payment. It's just never gonna move. Sounds pretty great, right? I've been in several different apartments where the rates rates go up every year. And if you're not, if you're on month to month, oh, good luck, all right? Your rates can go up whenever, right? But anyways, a 30-year fixed rate loan means that for the entire life of the loan, it's never gonna go up, your payment will always be the same, and your interest rate will never go up either. Okay. Another type of loan is the 15 year fixed rate. Now the 15 year fixed rate is exactly the same. Okay. However, it's for 15 years. That's it. Right. Typically for a first time home buyer or for a home buyer in general, they don't really do a fixed a 15 year fixed rate, mainly because your payments are going to be ridiculously high. So in most cases, people tend to use this for refinancing uh, their home and I can get into refinancing at a later date. We're just going through the general pathway of buying a home right now. Refinancing will be an episode at a later date. And then you have the FHA loan. Now, the FHA loan is probably one of the more common types of loans that you'll hear. And in fact, I would argue that it's probably the most common type of loan in uh, small income areas, right? And I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I actually grew up in a small income area and most of the people, including my parents, I believe, actually had their home at, at, as an FHA loan. Now, a FHA loan stands for the Federal Housing Administration Loan. Okay, so FHA loans are actually backed by the federal government and they help borrowers, uh, basically you, right, borrow money even if your credit score is a little low and even if you don't have like a huge amount saved to put as a down payment for this home. And uh, quick segue here, okay? Uh, in fact, I may actually put a, uh, a timestamp in the description about this segue. Um, credit scores. So credit scores are important. OK, so if you do not have credit, it's going to be really hard to get a home. 
Okay. Credit shows that you are trustworthy, that you pay back all your loans, that you pay back things you borrow. And the credit shows that you, you know, you say what you mean, you do what you say, right? Do not worry if you have student loans from like college or, or university or whatever, because those are federal student loans, assuming they're federal student loans. If they're if they're student loans from a bank, you may be in a little trouble. We'll see. I'm not entirely too sure about that. I had student loans when I applied to get a uh, to get a loan for a home and they don't affect you. All right. Um, however, if you have a lot of outstanding credit, if you have a lot of credit cards that are not paid off or that are late or whatever, Lord help you. OK, but however, for an FHA loan, you're looking at credit scores as low as 500 can even get approved. Right. So 500 isn't that bad. Right. Um, 500 shows that, you know, maybe you've had some trouble here and there, but you're working on yourself and good for you. OK, you're, you're working on fixing your credit and that's awesome. And now you can even buy a loan right, or buy a home. And to pay for the home, you get a loan, you pay that loan every month and your credit score also goes up anyway. It's a win-win situation, right? And for an FHA loan, you only need a down payment as low as 3.5% of the total value of the loan or total value of the home actually. And let me get a little into that as well for the down payment. So most people will tell you that you need a 20% down payment and that's not true, okay? You can actually get an FHA loan or a loan for a home uh, with zero down if, you, if it's a VA loan and with 3.5% down if it's an FHA loan, okay? However, there's some caveats here, okay? Yes, you can get this home, okay? But the more you put down, the less of a monthly mortgage you're gonna have, okay? If you have this, um, if you only put 3.5% down of a $100,000 loan, so you're only putting down $3,500, your loan is still gonna be a huge amount, right? And you're still gonna be paying more per month. However, let's say you put 20% down from a from a $100,000 loan, you already paid off 20% of the home, right? Now you only have to worry about a loan and mortgage uh, payments every month for the, 80, for the rest of the 80%, okay? You're gonna be paying less per month if you put more down. For some people, that's not always an option, and I understand that. Luckily for us, we were able to put down, I think, 16% uh, because we didn't want an FHA loan. And that's where I, that's a perfect segue to getting into the cons of an FHA loan. Now, an FHA loan, it uh, has a whole bunch of pros, right? Low credit scores are accepted, only 3.5% down, okay? However, there's mortgage insurance. OK, so mortgage insurance is an insurance premium that you pay per month to the bank, basically as a um, assurance that you're not going to default on your loan. And if you do default, that's why you're paying the mortgage insurance. Right. And in other loans, like a conventional loan, which I'll get to in a bit, but in a conventional loan, if you don't put down 20 percent, you have to pay the additional like for us, for example, so we paid 16 percent down on our home, that additional four percent that goes up to 20, that additional 4% gets broken apart throughout the life of the loan as mortgage insurance. So in my payments for my personal loan for this home, uh, the home I'm recording on, um, after three or four years, I believe, our mortgage goes down by about like $100 because we have already accumulated or paid enough into the principal that we pay 20% of the value of the home or value of the loan, as again. Oh, I'm sorry some Spanish went in there. I'm Mexican. I speak Spanglish as a normal thing. Apologies. Moving on. I'm not going to edit that because it was just a, a fluke. 
whatever. But point is, after I pay up to 20% of the principal, that mortgage insurance gets removed from my payment. And now I have a, a smaller, slightly smaller mortgage payment throughout the rest of the life of the loan. For an FHA loan, that never goes away. For an FHA loan, you let's say you pay $1,000 a month for your mortgage, right? You pay your mortgage insurance, you pay your home insurance, which is separate, and then you pay mortgage insurance, right? The mortgage insurance goes to the bank and it never goes away. For the whole life of the loan, you are going to have to be paying mortgage insurance. And you know that's something that either you're gonna be okay with or you're not. And the only way to change it is to change the style of loan that was given to you, which is usually done by refinancing. But however, I want to reiterate that is only for FHA loans and not for conventional loans. Conventional loans, the mortgage insurance does go away once you pay 20% of the total value of the loan. Cool. OK, moving on. The last the last type of loan I want to talk about is the VA loan. OK, so VA loans. Now, VA loans are pretty great, right? However, there is obviously a caveat here. VA stands for Veteran Affairs, right? So the VA loans are managed by the Federal Department of Veterans Affairs, okay? And they're only really available to military service members and veterans, okay? So uh, so just, just so you know, if you weren't one of these people, you may just, if you wanna keep listening, that's great. If you don't, you can skip over a little bit. But for a VA loan, there is no mortgage insurance on the loan. So you're great, right? The mortgage insurance thing we just talked about, that you don't have to care about it because it's not there. OK, there's no down payment required. You like this home that's 120K. Well, guess what? You're going to be approved because you have already done your service to our country. Right. And there you go. No down payment required. No mortgage insurance. However, there is a fee that you have to pay. So it's called a VA funding fee. And these numbers typically change here and there, uh, depending on the year. And you're going to have to look that up at the VA website. And after that, you have your mortgage insurance and you have your taxes and you have your, an interest rate. So, however, uh, the mortgage, the interest rate, all of that never changes throughout the life of the loan, but there's no down payment required and there's no mortgage insurance. Awesome. And then obviously, the actually, no, I'm not even going to talk about conventional yet. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, jumbo mortgages, right? So jumbo mortgages are kind of exactly what they sound like, right? A jumbo mortgage is a almost like a conventional home loan that is for a value that is insanely high, right? Let's say the home you're buying is like a million dollars, right? I don't know if that's the case, but if it is more power to you. All right, good luck on that million dollar home. But a jumbo home loan are basically mortgages above a certain dollar amount, right? And the dollar amounts typically change and are vary by the county and vary by where you are in the country. Um, but they can have a fixed or adjustable rate of income, or I'm sorry, of interest. So the interest can change depending on the terms of the loan. So just please, please, please remember that. All right. You don't want your interest rate suddenly to go from 1.5%. Not that not that that's a thing, because I don't think that's a thing. And going up to like 10% one year that that will hurt you really badly. Jumbo loans, because there's such a high amount, typically require a higher credit score. And we're talking like one of those excellent credit scores, like above 700, 720, 740, et cetera, around there. And then on top of that, there is a down payment required. 100% there is, and it's not 3.5% like an FHA loan. It's more above, uh, it's more like 20% or more, uh, maybe between 10 and 20%. And like that is only if you have the monies and you can pay for this, then go for it, right? You wanna buy this home. However, the bank doesn't want to give you a conventional loan, but you can afford it. OK, then that's when you go for the jumbo loan. 
Now, going back a little bit to conventional loans. Now, now a conventional loan is a loan that is um, sort of like uh, just a fixed rate loan. Right. It is a 30 rate more a 30 year mortgage, assuming that's what you and the bank come to terms with. It does require a sort of down payment. However, the down payment can be easily negotiated. It can be as low as 3.5 percent and as high as whatever you want it to be. So if you put down 3.5 percent, you're obviously your mortgage will be a little higher per month and you will have mortgage insurance. That's another thing about conventional loans. Conventional loans have mortgage insurance. The caveat is that you will only have mortgage insurance added to your mortgage up until you pay off 20 percent to the principal of the loan. So if your home is one hundred thousand dollars and you only put down ten thousand dollars for the other ten thousand dollars, you're going to be paying that through mortgage insurance every month until it's paid off. It's like its own little payment. Right. So on top of your mortgage, you'll pay an additional like fifty dollars every month. And once that hits ten thousand, then those fifty dollars get uh, they vanish. OK, and your mortgage payment actually goes down. It's negative fifty now. It's less than fifty bucks. Right. Cool. Awesome. And that's only up until you get to 20%, right? But if you already put down 20% or more, you don't have to worry about mortgage insurance at all for the life of this loan, okay? So that's another like pro, right? So some of the requirements to get a conventional loan are you need to have a pretty good credit score. We're talking about like 640, maybe a little higher than that. Um, and you need to have uh, some money, right? You gotta put some money down, right? Um, for people who do not have more than 3.5%, I do not recommend you to get a conventional loan only because you're gonna be paying um, a lot of a higher interest rate. That's another thing about conventional loans. Conventional loans typically have a higher interest rate than a FHA loan. And an FHA loan is typically only for first time home buyers, right? I, I don't think that's actually said anywhere, but from, from what I've heard through the grapevine, through real estate agents and friends and family, FHA loans are typically reserved for first time home buyers and the conventional loans are like for everything else, right? If you have, let's say you have a home, uh, uh, another thing to pay attention to is um, what if you're buying a second home, right? What if one day you're going to buy a second home? OK, you cannot buy a second home unless you have uh, unless you're going to do it through a conventional loan. A conventional loan doesn't allow you to buy. Uh, sorry, an FHA loan doesn't allow you to buy a second home if you already have like like as an FHA loan. You're going to have to buy it as a conventional loan. Right. FHA loans are only for one property and usually your first property, but one property only. So if you already have a home somewhere else, you can't use another FHA loan, but you can use a conventional loan. So that's something to keep in mind as well. All right. So I covered the main types of loans that you will probably be going through with your loan provider. And that another thing I want to talk about loan providers is your loan provider could be basically like any big bank, right? Or a small bank only designated for loans. So for example, Rocket Mortgage, I'm pretty sure you've heard of, especially if you watch HGTV. Rocket Mortgage will provide you loans, right? And you you work with them and you find out what sort of loan type you want to get and what type of loan you're getting and et cetera. And all, you figure out how much you're going to put down and they present you with options. Uh, you can do Bank of America, Chase, all the big banks do it. There's another one called better.com. They do one. Um, I recommend uh, just searching up on NerdWallet to see what they recommend as the best loan providers. Uh, personally, we went through a mom and pop bank. Uh, it's not really a mom and pop, but it's not like one of your big banks. It's a bank only for lending and only for homes. So it's uh, it's kind of niche in that sort of respect. But what I'm trying to get at is that once you go through this whole process of getting um, your loan approved, right? And that process itself, I haven't even touched on. Um, basically, you're going to have to have 
at least your last three or four years of taxes, like tax returns, you're gonna have to have pay stubs from your current job. You're gonna have to have W-2s from your like last five years, right? Um, and in some cases, if you do not have a sort of, uh, if you do not have um, a history of money in your bank account, like for example, let's say you have $30,000 that you're gonna put down on this home and that money hasn't been sitting in your bank for at least 60 days, the lender is going to be like, where the hell did you get this money? Right. They're going to want proof. OK, now, I don't know if this was a gift from a family member. I don't know if you just made a whole bunch of money selling Bitcoin. You know, I, I don't know. And personally, I don't really care. It's your money. But the bank's going to care. The lender's going to care. OK, so just so you, just keep that in mind. If you can't prove where the money comes from, the lender will get a little antsy about giving you some of their money. OK, so please keep that in mind. Finally, once you get to the very, very end, OK, the very end of your uh, loan decision and you get approved more often than not, they're going to present you with options. OK, now these options uh, vary. Right. So, for example, uh, we were presented with two options for this loan. It's a 30 year loan at five hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now, the first option was we will give you the, the lender. We will give you a credit of ten thousand dollars off of your closing costs. OK, or it was a ten or five, something like that. Let's just say ten, ten thousand dollars off your closing costs. And in return, your interest rate will be two point nine percent. OK, for the life of the loan or we don't give you the t we don't give you the $10,000 off the closing costs but your percent is 2.7 okay now in my opinion you want to go for the lower interest rate right the lower interest rate is to help you out in the long term right um throughout a conventional loan anyway i'm not sure about fha loans or va loans but throughout our conventional loan we can pay more to the principal whenever we damn well please so above our mortgage if we pay 10 bucks more than our mortgage that goes straight to principal okay and the lower the interest rate the better that means lower interest uh, payments throughout the life of the loan, right? If I if we had gone with their higher interest rate, we're gonna be paying more in interest rates. And that's great for them. This is their whole business model. They want that money, right? In my opinion, you want to go for the lowest interest rate every time. OK, you know, the loans gonna be 30 years. You know how much you're putting down. And yeah, they're, they might help you with some closing cost money, but that's just a way for them to entice you. OK, in my opinion, you want the lower interest rate because in the long run, that helps you. However, I don't know your life. Maybe that ten thousand dollars can help you out. I don't know. Make, make what make the decision that's best for you. But in my opinion, the lower the interest rate, the better the mortgage. And if you want to know what sort of interest rates um, are available in your area, uh, please like I will put a link in the description below that shows you the interest rates for this current year and interest rates typically change. OK, they don't go drastically like highs and lows. But for the last few years, we have seen historic lows in terms of mortgage interest rates. So just keep that in mind. It is the year 2022. And as far as I'm aware, the interest rates are roughly around the same interest rate that we got. Right. And we got 2.7 percent, which, according to our lender, was amazing. So our, our lender and our real estate agent was amazing. <sighs> OK, cool. Um, let's see. I covered how to buy a home. I'm sorry. I covered um, 
different tips and tricks for making an offer. And I've also covered different types of loans that you could be getting and the pros and cons of several of them. And also told you what our loan looked like. So I don't know if there's anything else I need to touch up on or anything else you would like to hear from from uh, my side of things or any tips or tricks or maybe you just hate me and you just want to you know throw uh, hate mail at me if that's the case um go ahead <laughs> um i can always be contacted at the original podcast for after college productions which is gaming after college so gac underscore podcast or if you want to send me an email or hate mail uh gaming after college at gmail.com anyways i hope you all enjoyed this episode of real estate after college uh next time we'll be talking about escrow and what happens during escrow and trust me it will be a long one and if i deviate and start ranting you'll know why (laughs) anyways hope to see you next time thanks for listening goodbye